Hey, good afternoon and welcome, ladies and gentlemen. This is Gino Geraci. So glad you could join me on the program Crosswalk with Gino Geraci. It is, of course, the program where we typically take your calls and answer your questions about the things you care the most about. Questions about God and the historical Jesus, questions about the Bible, questions about theology, questions about worldviews and world religions. But from time to time, we have authors, artists, guests on the program. Joining me is Uh, Dr. Marina Hoffman. She is a professor at Palm Beach Atlantic University. She's the author of Women in the Bible, um, Small Groups Bible Study and and other um, resources. Marina, welcome back to the program. Thanks, Gino. It's so great to be with you and all your listeners tonight. Well, it's great to have you. And obviously, I'm drawing on a number of different things from Dr. Marina Hoffman. And not least of which is your Canadian citizenship and your having been born, raised um, as a Canadian. We're going to be talking a little bit about this uh, uh, Canada uh, truckers situation. And I know you've been keeping a careful watch. It's my understanding that the Capitol has entered its 11th day of of, politics. protest by truckers and the popular media is, is characterizing this as that these truckers are far right crazies who are trying to disrupt Canada T- tell me your thoughts on on what you see happening Oh, exactly. The media are trying to paint these people who are, so many of them are average people, and they've been joined by average Canadians. These are not terrorists, they're not insurrectionists, and yet the media has nothing but to say about them but lies and false accusations. You know, over and over, you can imagine racist, all this, but there's no been no incidences of racism or violence, and yet the accusations go all the way up to the Prime Minister Trudeau. And again, what do you do you have a sense in which the rest of obviously in the United States it's not safe to say that we're mostly liberal mostly conservative there's a sort of a spectrum of people with different thoughts ideas outlooks how has canada viewed what's happening canadian citizens and people regular people Yes, you talk about, you know, the divide, conservative, liberal, but what's been going on in our country and Canada is really bringing everyone together. We've all suffered so greatly under these restrictions and mandates. So Mm -hmm. if there's a new political party, it'll be against government control. And really, everyone has joined forces, and especially for the children. You know, mm-hmm. everyone's tired of what's gone on with the kids. And there's so much, so many studies out now. You can no longer say it's science to shove them in a mask and separate them six feet apart and make them eat their meals, their lunch outside. It's all gone way too far. And all the Canadians are really coming on side. I mean, you look at some of these clips on social media mm-hmm. and, you know, I have to laugh because I've lived in Canada my whole life until recently. And yet I'm discovering all these cities I've never heard of. Cities I've never known are popping up with huge protests convoys going through them crowds of people are joining because there's something to believe in well let's talk about that obviously who what exactly are they protesting it's my understanding they want to end vaccine mandates and um like many americans or citizens of the united states canadians they're pretty fed up with with uh 
not so much the reality of living in a pandemic, but rather the way the government has handled its responsibility in relationship to the citizens. That's right. And it goes even beyond, of course, the COVID restrictions to the fines they've levied on people. Mm -hmm. It's gone so far. And the people, you know, they want freedom for everyone. I think it's such a positive way of saying it. We can also say they want to end the mandates. But the truckers have really said over and over, we're here until every Canadian is a free person. So let's talk a little bit about that. What is your, what is your understanding of the legal constitutional safeguards for religious freedom for Canadians and and freedom of conscience. Well, you know, much like the states, we are supposed to have the freedom to worship. And I think people were very forgiving when everyone wanted to shut down for two weeks. Mm -hmm. I think people were compassionate toward the health of others. And I don't think it was really about silencing Christians, but it was everyone in all spheres of life, let's stay home for two weeks and it's going to cure everything. Well, none of that happened, and yet the doors of the church never opened, and we have the same kind of narratives coming out of Canada as we do in the States, where some businesses are allowed to open, and there's a sense of discrimination against the church. Now, one of the things that came up in this craziness, there was a crowdfunding account called GoFundMe that raised... I think upwards of $10 million and GoFundMe made the ridiculous statement that because they don't agree with the truckers ideological position, they were going to confiscate the money and then give it to charities of their choices. Yeah, and this all was rooted in Trudeau asking them to stop and not release the money. And so really, you can say, Gino, that this is an American company out of California Mm -hmm. interfering in the political rights and freedoms of Canadians. So it's horrible on every level. And for them to say, we won't give the money back unless you request it in the next few days, it was like a week's notice. They're going to let Trudeau give it to a whole bunch of left organizations, Planned Parenthood. There was such an outcry that was about 24 hours later, and I get a message that they're now going to release the money and just return it to all the donors, but they won't be giving it to the organization. So what do you anticipate is going to happen in the next few days? Is there going to be a tipping point? Well, I think there's two levels of things happening. One is that our premiers, same as a governor, really, in each of the states are lifting the mandate. So one by one, they're lifting these restrictions. And I think that will continue because the premiers are realizing if they continue to lock down their province, they're on the wrong side of this. But then there's the prime minister. And, Gino, you know, he's not budging at all. He's made terrible accusations without any evidence or apology. So I think that I suspect he's going to stay hidden, as it were, and not say anything for a few more days. He's trying hard to silence this group through the police in Ottawa. Although, as you know, Gino, this goes way beyond just Ottawa. You know, sometimes I get frustrated in the sense of, do you anticipate that can, that, can they, that a growing group of Canadian people are going to go, he's not going to win re-election. This nonsense has to stop. Um, good and decent Canadians who really believe in religious freedom and religious uh, and freedom of conscience and freedom of worship, do you think that there's this almost a, a cumulative effect when it comes to uh, persecuting the church? Um Um, enforcing the mandate and then promoting an ideology 
that seems dismissive of historical biblical Christianity. Oh, absolutely. You know, and it's terrible, the stories that have come out of Canada. And it hits home for me. These are my friends. These are my families, family members who have given to the church to build the church, to buy the property. And now suddenly, because they don't want to show a passport, maybe they are vaccinated or not, but they are told they cannot enter the property for any reason unless they're fully vaccinated. And that it keeps changing. But here you have people forbidden not only from employment, but even from volunteering, from doing the ministry they've done for two decades, wow. or even worshiping the Lord. So of course, the government has far overreach. And you know, it pains me to say that some denominations, pastors, priests have been implicit in this as well. And, you know, I think to the stories in, that we have in the Gospels, Gino, this is not what Jesus did. Right. What the image that stands out to me is Jesus touched the leper. Yes. My guest, Dr. Marina Hoffman, we're going to have more when she comes back. She, of course, can be found at womeninthebible.info. And again, we'll have more from uh, Marina Hoffman when we come back on this situation in Canada. Hey, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. My guest, Marina Hoffman. We're talking about a little bit about getting an update on this uh, Canadian convoy, the protests that are taking place in uh, Canada. And Marina, as a you know, a lifelong Canadian, I, I, I'm not a Canadian by any stretch of the imagination, but it is my understanding as a person watching from the South and having at least a modest understanding of Canadians and Canadian history, that you have a reputation around the world, that you value equality, respect, safety, peace, nature, and love of hockey, I mean, but and, and love of freedom. And you talked about the Canadians' love of kindness. Do you think that Canadians are now going to exercise, I, I, I guess what I'm asking you is, has Canadian patients run out? Yes, Gino, I think the evidence is so. And, you know, we are peace-loving people. We put up with a lot. And I think very willingly, you don't find a lot of angry Canadians. You know, life is a little hard up there, right? We have hard winters, so we're used to working hard. We're used to com like coming together in unity mm -hmm. against the forces of winter. And I think, honestly, that Trudeau has taken complete advantage of that. And I think he's overplayed his cards. And I don't think he realizes yet how serious these people are. Maybe he himself is not watching social media, but these truckers are serious. And they feel that they've been, you know, completely ignored. They haven't had a voice, and it's obvious they haven't. Ten days, and the prime minister still won't speak with them. So I think he's exploited them. And also, Gino, you know, people will say, how did Canada let it get this bad? One reason is the fines that the government yes. levied on people. And if you have two, three kids and one income, you can't risk taking off your mask if it could mean a ticket of hundreds of dollars. And... It's my understanding that what's happening in Canada is beginning to take place all over the world, in the United Kingdom, in the Netherlands. I've heard of even that there's a growing uh, sense um, in other nations, including the United States of America, that this might be one of the ways that freedom-loving people can protest uh, 
what seems to be governments that are restricting freedom and prohibiting the free exercise thereof. Yeah, it's really incredible what the truckers did because they have so much power with their big vehicles, don't they? And I think the fact that you're seeing these convos coming up all over the world in so many cities, you're seeing it successful. And I do think that this idea that a trucker can come in, park the car and demand a voice is something that may very well have changed protesting for eternity. Wow. Now, um, I want to... You don't have to spend a whole lot of time on this, but what do you anticipate is going to happen in the days, the weeks, the months ahead Because as well, a result of this yeah. protest? Yeah, there's two parties, right? There's the truckers and all the Canadians, and they're not relenting at all. They're cheering, they're present, they're showing up in greater numbers day by day. Today alone, more convoys, more crowds of people. They are endlessly saying in every interview that they're not leaving until they have freedom for every Canadian, and then many truckers say they're heading down to Washington. All right, right. second party is Trudeau. What has he done? He is not budging, budging at all. He's gone into hiding. He's not saying anything. So I don't think that Trudeau was going to do anything, maybe for another week and a half, but it is coming to a head. And, you know, um, you know, the sad aspect, he's really using the police against them. They're issuing arrests. They're stealing. Really, they're confiscating wow. truckers' gasoline that they've paid for. So they're, they're inciting so much anger among these protesters, although the protesters are saying nonviolent, but it will come to a head. I think the, the main thing we're going to see in the next few days is more of our premiers, more of the provinces release the restrictions, and that might be the push to the premier to act. Now, you've written extensively way before coronavirus, way before this um, protest about freedom and religious freedom. What advice would you give to people who love freedom, who value freedom of religion and conscience, and and how can we, on a practical level, participate in the protest? Yeah, you know, these truckers have shown us, Gino, that ordinary people can use ordinary means to accomplish something great. And that's my platform when I talk about the Bible. Women in the Bible have done incredible things, saving generations and sometimes the entire nation by doing something simple. And my favorite example is the midwives. Mm -hmm. They just refuse to kill the... Uh-oh. Did we drop Marina, my friend Jim? Wow. Well, well I <laughs> we just lost Marina, but she was talking about um, what what she's written about, which is the leadership, character, and courage of women in the Bible to bring um, hope and encouragement. So hopefully we can uh, get her back. But um, there's lots and lots of resources that she has available that I wanted to be able to talk about and and some of her video and Bible studies that are available. But she was just literally talking about the uh, midwives who were ordered to kill the the first, the, the, the Hebrew, the Hebrew males. I don't know how we lost you, Marina, but you were talking about one of your favorite stories about the Hebrew midwives who defied the orders of Egypt to spare the lives of Hebrew children, most notably the males. 
Absolutely. And what an example for us, because they just did their ordinary job day by day of midwifery. Mm -hmm. And through that, God saved a generation. You know, do you know, there's a key verse that I think Mm -hmm. speaks to all of us. It doesn't say that they were unafraid. It says they feared God more than the Pharaoh. And I think if we can fear God and do what's right, that that simple act of courage will inspire others, even if it's the simple, ordinary act of saying, I won't put my child in a mask. Mm-hmm. And who knows the kind of inspiration we'll bring to those around us who watch and observe. Yeah, and you've obviously written about this, talked about this. Um, I know that at womeninthebible.info, you have some 8- and 16-week Bible studies for small groups. You have some uh, free chapters that people can access, some free video series um, from from the work that you've done. That's right. Just my ongoing platform is to encourage, especially women of faith, to never underestimate your impact and to never think that God won't call you. Because so many times, you know, it's not the smartest person in the room or the most connected or the most powerful that God uses. It's just those who are willing. That's all God asks. Are you willing to answer when God calls? Yes, and yes. I was talking to a, a Navy SEAL friend, and I, I asked him the question, um, who makes it through SEAL training? And he says, it's easier for me to say who doesn't. You know, the the elite athlete in high school doesn't make it. The The person with huge muscles necessarily doesn't make it. The person who thinks that they've trained their whole life to be a warrior doesn't make it. He said, the person who makes it is once the mental and emotional um, and physical resources are gone, they dig deep and they serve the person next to them. I thought that mm-hmm. that's part of what you're talking about, that, that that's not mental, emotional, physical kinds of things. It's the person who's able to dig deep in the resolve and say, I want to honor God in this situation. Yeah, that's beautiful, Gino. And if I can share from my heart, I would say never underestimate the challenges and the suffering you've been through. I know in my life, my courage didn't come from my victories, but it came really from my suffering. Mm -hmm. And in my suffering, I experienced God's faithfulness, and that gave me the knowledge and courage and strength to face anything, knowing that God would be faithful again. So I think there's a powerful strength we see in those who have suffered, a little bit like you're saying um, in your illustration. Right. Right. Marina Hoffman, again, womeninthebible.info, womeninthebible.info. And is there another uh, website, Marina, that I'm overlooking that people can find out more about Marina Hoffman? No, that's perfect. You can follow me on Instagram at Marina Hoffman if you want as well. Thank you so much, Gino. You are in our prayers and all of Canada. Thank you. God bless all your listeners tonight. This is Gino Geraci. Thanks for joining me. I'll be back taking your calls, answering your questions. Thanks, Marina. Hey, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Inviting you to call 303-873-1935. And again, the uh, this Canadian uh, update is literally taking the world by storm. It looks like that uh, Canada's capital is now in the 11th day of protest by truckers. And there's more and more uh, sense that more and more people are following suit. Several news outlets are reporting that, again, all around the world, in the Netherlands and in other um, United Kingdom and even in the United States, 
truckers around the world have been inspired by this um, protest. And as thousands more are taking a stand against vaccine mandates and against government totalitarian prohibitions and restrictions, other COVID demands that are that people are being forced to comply with. And so thousands of Canadian truckers are protesting in Ottawa. They, they're calling this the Freedom Convoy. And they plan, like uh, Marina Hoffman said, they plan to stay there until the demands are met. And so now truckers in the United States seem to be organizing a protest where participants will drive from California to the United States Capitol in Washington, D.C. And um, there was a person named Brian Braze who appeared on Tucker Carlson last night, and he talked about Convoy to D.C. 2020 or 2022 on Facebook, but they took down the page. It gained over 100,000 members as a place for truckers to discuss and plan the journey. And again, during the interview (coughs) that he did with Tucker Carlson, they revealed that they literally removed the page. And, um, They said, he said on the program that they had made the excuse that it was based on a violation of policies around their QAnon standards. And then he reminded them that these people have nothing to do with QAnon, Um, that none of the principals, the protesters, or the people who were the administrators have anything to do with QAnon. And he said that... um, Basically, the heroes in the United States of America are under attack. He was recorded as saying truckers in the United States are not under this mandate, but healthcare workers, teachers, law enforcement, the military are. Those are our heroes, he said, along with what I believe truck drivers are our heroes during this pandemic, he noted. He says, so we felt it was necessary to stand up. And so did Canada. And they motivated us to take action, to stand up here in the United States. It's not just our constitutional rights. It's our rights as human beings on a global scale. This is a major violation of human rights, or what some would call, he said, our God-given rights. And so Brian Bray's at the Vigilant Fox tweeted, it's not about necessarily just the American convoy. It's about a movement across the globe to stand up to our government as individuals and as people. He said, I'm a truck driver in the United States. I'm a huge supporter of what they've done in Canada, he said. But this is about being an American. This is about whether you're a Democrat, Republican, conservative, liberal, it doesn't matter what country you're from, where you align yourself. He's basically talking about politically and ideologically. None of that matters. It's about a movement across the globe to stand up to governments as individuals with rights, especially when it comes to health care. And so, again, there was breaking news 
that that the key organizers of the convoy to D.C. is going to be joining uh, the Truckers for Freedom. So this seems to be a growing um, movement. And as I'm looking across the, the different news resources, they're talking about a European freedom convoy. Again, there are reports in the Netherlands, in New Zealand, in Australia, in the United Kingdom. Pretty interesting. 303-873-1935. That's the number if you want to join me on the program. Happy to take your call. 303-873-1935. And I know there was another thing that I was going to bring to your attention. But again, 303-873-1935. I saw a story that uh, reminded me of my grandmother who, had she lived, would have celebrated her 103rd birthday. And um, a Maryland woman celebrates her 100th birthday. And she was asked um, how she attributed the lengths of her years. You know, how do you live to be 100? And she talked about God's goodness. And the, the reason why I bring it up is when I asked my grandma, you know, how do you, uh, how do you account for the fact of of living a hundred years, and she said, "You got to have more birthday than anybody else." But this lady in Maryland, her name was Martha uh, Bailey, who lived in Prince George County. She was born in 1922. She grew up in Virginia. She spent much of her younger days singing in the church, and people allegedly were blown away by her voice. And um, now she is, well, the matriarch of her family. And she shares advice from the Bible. Martha Bailey has one daughter, five grandchildren, and dozens of great-grandchildren. What a blessing. 303-873-1935. That's the number if you want to join me on the program. And um, there's another chilling story at ChristianHeadlines.com, which I don't have privy to, but um, it's my understanding that here's the headline, but I don't have much of the story, except it's found on ABC's This Week, that uh, White House Security Advisor Jake Sullivan warned that there's a distinct He used the term very distinct possibility that Russia could attack Ukraine at any time. Now, what's troubling and difficult is there's uh, very smart people who are close watchers on this subject um, who disagree. So we continue to keep our finger on the pulse and ask and answer the question about what's going on. And the other thing um, that I'm trying to keep a, 
a, a handle on is what's going on in Israel. And my friend Joel Rosenberg, who obviously is the editor and uh, and who posts regularly on what's going on in the Middle East and around the world. But he has an important article about China. He wrote that on March 1st, China is going to begin to ban all citizens from discussing Jesus and the Bible on the Internet. Now, Joel Rosenberg, in his headline at allisrael.com, says that even as it continues to commit genocide against Muslim Uyghurs, why then is the world hosting the Olympics in China? Well, that's a question a lot of people have asked. This is Gino Geraci. I'll be back. Hey, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. This is Gino Geraci. So glad you could join me on the program. 303-873-1935. That's the number if you want to join me on the program, 303-873-1935. And again, when we see what's taking place all over the world, it's chilling. Um, 55 federal agencies are set to track employees who request a religious exemption. And, again, there's a story in Australia that seems almost unbelievable. Police stop a church service to check masks. Churchgoers of an Australian congregation were expressing outrage after police interrupted a church service last week to make sure that people in the church were wearing their mask as it's required by local law. Now, what's, again, interesting about this, the police walked in without notice into St. Bernadette's Catholic Church in Mount Hawthorne, Western Australia, during a Thursday Mass, according to their local news outlet, Channel 7 News in Australia. They said that they had a tip that some parishioners weren't following the law, which required masks in public indoor settings. In the end, police found five people not wearing a mask, and one person had an exemption, and the four remaining people were told to wear their mask. Now, what's interesting is there was a video of the incident that was shared on Facebook by a churchgoer, a police officer is seen walking up the aisle as a priest at the front of the church basically watches helplessly. One parishioner named Matthew told a local radio outlet that, it, that the congregation was pretty shaken up. Now, again, I suspect that this is sort of a, a picture of what we might continue to expect. 303-873-1935. That's the number. When 
if you if you want to join me on the program. And of course, happy to take your calls, answer your questions. I've got a couple of uh, questions that that we can get to, but um, waiting for you. Three zero three eight seven three nineteen thirty five. That's the number. And uh, <laughs> one of the questions has to do with, uh, again, the disruption. People, you know, here the police are, are walking into um, the church, and somebody says, well, didn't Jesus disrupt the temple? Now, again, I suspect that what the state is doing and what Jesus did are significantly different. The way that some people think about Jesus, you, you, you would think, well, the Jesus in the Bible, you know, is the Jesus who's meek and mild and look upon this little child. Like That Jesus would never raise his voice and that Jesus would never be upset at anything for any reason. But John, in John chapter 2, says, now the Passover of the Jews was at hand. And Jesus went up to Jerusalem, and he found in the temple those who sold oxen and sheep and doves and the money changers doing business. And when he'd made a whip of cords, he drove all out of the temple with the sheep and the oxen and poured out the changers' money and overturned the tables. And he said to those who sold doves, take these things away. Do not make my father's house a house of merchandise. So as you can imagine, a lot of people have asked the question, why in the world did Jesus do that? And Jesus gives the answer right there in the text. Jesus knew that for many, many people, this temple in that place was a place where you come to know about God pray to God and understand the reality of who God is. The primary reason why I think that Jesus is doing this is because this marketplace and those people literally were misrepresenting both the purpose of the temple and the God of the temple where Gentiles have come from all over the known world and from the Roman Empire to try and figure out what kind of a God is God and and how is the God of Israel different from the other pantheon of gods. Some people have suggested that this is an example of Jesus losing control, but that's hardly the case. His response to the money changers just simply shows how serious Jesus felt about what the temple was supposed to do and what the temple was supposed to be, and again, how to deal with corruption. And that corruption included the misrepresentation. So when people ask and answer the question, well, if Jesus overturned the money changers in the temple— Does that mean you can't have a fundraiser at your church or you can't have a resource room or that um, that the church can't 
buy or sell things that are related to the ministry. I actually don't think that that's what is the meaning of this passage. So I'm going to suggest to you that Jesus is demonstrating that he's going to accomplish the task which God the Father had sent him to do. That he, he unlike the people in the money in the, the money changers, he is not going to misrepresent God. This was, by the way, the first Passover, which is a seven-day feast that commemorated the nation's uh, deliverance out of the bondage of Egypt that Jesus is celebrating after the beginning of his public ministry. And so when Jesus arrives at the, the temple, he sees that it is, in fact, in a state of abuse. So 303-873-1935. Do I have time? Brian. Hey, Brian. Thanks for taking my call, Gino. Hey, you're welcome. So um, I'm just catching the tail end of what you're saying, so my apologies. No, I was talking about, yeah, Jesus in the temple. No, no, no. You were talking about the truckers. Oh, yes. Yes. Talking about... the convoy in church and police officers walking up. Where did that happen? That happened in Australia. In Australia, uh, poli- see, the, these are the COVID police there. They literally went into a Catholic church while they were having mass and literally disrupted the service. Yeah, you know, I just, this whole thing, I'm looking at us here in America, and, and it's, you know, uh, it's like the bully that comes in on the playground because they have been abused at home. I, th- I think, you know, and, and they start doing, they start abusing people around them. They start giving people privilege or they start making people think that for some reason, somehow they are justified doing it. They got a bunch of foolish people convinced that America deserves to be punished or someone else deserves to be punished because somehow another group was disenfranchised. And I'm just thinking that we have to take the power back. And I think it's not something you do through violence, but I do believe that the laws are still on the books, that you're able to do what you need to do to enforce the law. Yeah, and we need to elect people who say, we're not good with totalitarianism or socialism, but I gotta go. (laughs) This is Gina Jersey. Thanks for joining me.